0: You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hello and welcome to the Refresh Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. I'm Jared, host of the podcast and worship coordinator for Citrus Church. Today's episode will mark the end of our walk through the Book of Ecclesiastes. This series that wasn't really supposed to be a series has taken way longer than I thought it would. Almost a year and a half ago, I read part of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 for a New Year's episode, and I thought, it would, I thought it was interesting. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that outside of knowing the name and where the book is, I didn't know much about Ecclesiastes, and as far as I can remember, I've never really heard anyone talk about the book, or preach on it. So, I decided that I wanted to go through the book and see what it said. Then I put it off for a year until earlier this past spring. Along with reading the book of Ecclesiastes, I read Why Everything Matters, the Gospel of Ecclesiastes by Philip Ryken. He's a Presbyterian minister and currently the president of Wheaton College in Illinois. I owe him a big thank you because without his book, Ecclesiastes wouldn't have made as much sense. Starting in April, we began going down this road to understanding Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. So this episode is the culmination of a year and a half of procrastination, reading, making notes, writing, and recording. But before we finish up Ecclesiastes, let's talk downtime and music. At the time of this recording, we are on part two of the downtime series. In part two, Brian talked about the big losses we face in life. And as our biblical example, we see how Jesus sought solitude after receiving news about John the Baptist's death. In John the Baptist's death, Jesus lost a cousin, a pastor, and a friend. A truly traumatic loss. Taking the last year and a half into consideration, I would say we've become quite familiar with loss. As Brian pointed out, some of us have lost loved ones, others have lost jobs and income. At one point, we lost the ability to venture out as freely as we typically would, We have dealt with sudden changes that many of us could have never imagined. Sudden traumas or changes can cause us to conjure up deep questions and focus on heavier topics. And it even takes place in music. Years and years ago, I was walking around the entertainment department in Walmart, and while walking through the CDs, because they were still relevant at the time, one caught my eye. I was still pretty new to playing guitar, so anything with guitars on it immediately got my attention. On the cover of the CD was a guy in a plain t-shirt and a pair of cargo pants and sneakers, holding an electric guitar. To his right was his name, John Mayer, who you've heard me talk about plenty of times on the podcast. And to his left was the album title, Heavier Things. I didn't know anything about this guy at that point, and I had never heard of him, but for seven bucks I figured, why not? Ignoring the amazing guitar work and other instrumentation, the lyrics stand out because they all match the theme of heavier things. Each song delves into territory that is often uncomfortable to talk about. The opening song, Clarity, talks about those moments when we are finally able to breathe and take everything in, knowing that those moments are always fleeting. Something's Missing talks about the feeling of being surrounded by possessions and the people we love, but still feeling as if something's not right. The namesake of the album comes from the song New Deep, which essentially argues that it is better to be numb and not search for meanings in life, proclaiming numb is the new deep and saying that deep will only bring you down. However, I don't agree with that, and I don't believe you agree with that either. Regardless of our age, we are drawn to meanings and answers to things we don't understand. It's safe to say that there's an inherent fear or an easiness that comes from not knowing or understanding something we have to interact with. One of the most difficult questions we can ask is what is the meaning of life? And that is where the book of Ecclesiastes comes in. Ecclesiastes asks the questions that linger in our mind and points out the things that we see as being unfair. The overarching point of this book is to understand what the purpose or meaning of life really is. And based on that, it makes sense that it's either written or inspired by King Solomon. The book talks of riches and possessions, injustice, oppression, wisdom, death, and the fact that youth is fleeting. All things that Solomon knew very well. In part one of the study, the teacher explains how he had done everything there was to do under the sun. He gathered riches, he gathered possessions, he built great buildings and planted beautiful gardens, He sought to increase his knowledge, but he found all of it to be meaningless. In his opinion, what good was any of it if, at the end of his life, it would all be left to his children with no idea if they'd be wise with it or not? We also talked about the mystery of time, the inspiration behind this Ecclesiastes study. The teacher says there is a time for birth and a time for death, and goes on to list everything we do in between, and for the second time so far, the teacher tells us that our efforts are gifts from God, and we are to eat, drink, and enjoy our efforts. Part two introduced us to the realities of wealth, or more specifically, money in general. According to the teacher, the one who loves money will never be satisfied. The reality of money is that people will take it from you, and you may ultimately lose it. Philip Reichen expanded on these ideas. People taking your money actually refers to our day-to-day transactions, Paying bills, taxes, money spent on entertainment, and more. Our money being lost literally means being misplaced, stolen, lost in some sort of investment, or just spent. In part three, we covered a lot of topics, but we summed them all up in one word. Fairness. Ecclesiastes talks about the injustice that sometimes takes place at the place of justice and how people who do hurtful or evil things sometimes go unpunished. It talks of those with power or some level of authority oppressing others. However, the teacher summarizes all these feelings in chapter 7, verse 13. Consider the work of God, for who can straighten out what he has made crooked? The crooked things, the things in our lives that don't go as we'd like, always feel unfair, but we must trust that in time God will straighten it all out. Remember, even Jesus faced unfairness in the place where there was supposed to be justice. The remaining parts of Ecclesiastes give us some reassurance in its own way. Moving ahead to chapter 9, the teacher encourages us to enjoy life all the days of our fleeting life, for that is our portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength. The teacher goes on to make an interesting observation. In Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, he says, The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong or bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. It's an acknowledgment that we are all subject to time and chance, aligning perfectly with all the points the teacher has made so far about things being unfair. In chapter 11, along with other words of wisdom, he tells us to rejoice in this life, remembering that one day we will stand before God. In chapter 12, the teacher ends the book with this. Now all has been heard— Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So that is the end of Ecclesiastes, but not quite. For three episodes, you've heard me say again and again that Ecclesiastes is not a cheery book, and I stand by that. However, it does offer us some sense of encouragement and a way to move forward. Where other books of the Bible show us examples of injustice or things that don't seem right to us, the teacher points out all of the major issues we still deal with today. In chapter one, he says that there is nothing new under the sun. We deal with injustice, oppression, striving for money, death, the emptiness of possessions, searching for wisdom, unfair circumstances, all under the influence of time and chance. Yet as we deal with all of them, the teacher repeatedly reminds us that life is meant to be enjoyed with God. With this in mind, Philip Ryken makes one more clarification in the final chapter of his book. He says that the final message of Ecclesiastes is not that nothing matters, but that everything does. Though this book paints a picture that all we do is meaningless, it is really saying that without our relationship with God, everything loses its meaning. In a world where all too often we see unfairness, we must remember that in time, God will correct it. Though we may face heavier issues in a world subject to sin, with God not only in mind, but at the forefront, Ecclesiastes encourages us to find joy in all our efforts, in our work, in our hobbies, in our relationships with one another, and in our times of solitude with God. That said, I hope you found this episode to be useful or interesting in some way took way longer than I expected, but we have now made it through the book of Ecclesiastes. Again, I owe a big thank you to Philip Rykin for writing his book, Why Everything Matters, The Gospel of Ecclesiastes. It made Ecclesiastes a lot easier to understand. Coming up in two weeks, we'll be having our season finale, so to say. That episode will mark 18 episodes for the season, and once again, it will be time to take a break. Not to relax, but to try some new things. I'm not 100% sure what it will be about, but I hope to have something good planned. In the meantime, if you haven't already, I encourage you to join the Citrus Church Grove Facebook group and to join us on Sundays for worship at 1030, online or in person at Summer Lake Elementary. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.